how long have you been watching and thinking about Medicaid in, in your career professionally? Oh, gosh, um, a long time, probably 20 years, close to 20 years. It's day three of Trump week, our five day exploration of this administration's goals, actions and impacts on health policy. Today, Medicaid, among the most fiercely debated parts of the U.S. healthcare system. From the Annenberg studio at the University of Pennsylvania, I'm Dan Gorenstein, and this is Tradeoffs. Medicaid has been a political pinata since it was first introduced along with Medicare in 1965. President and Mrs. Johnson and Vice President Humphrey arrive for ceremonies that will make the Medicare bill a part of Social Security coverage. Mr. Johnson chose Today, the health insurance program for low-income and disabled Americans covers about one out of every five people in the country. Research has shown Medicaid can have a positive impact on people's financial well-being and reduce mortality. States run their own programs, but Washington covers about 60% of all costs, with total spending near $600 billion in 2018. Robin Rudowitz is the co-director of the Kaiser Family Foundation program on Medicaid and the uninsured. In one word or phrase, how would you describe the Trump administration's efforts around Medicaid? It's hard to do one word, but a phrase I think would be to limit the scope of coverage and federal financing. The president most famously tried to cut Medicaid by repealing and replacing the Affordable Care Act. All told, the GOP bill would cut an estimated $900 billion from Medicaid over the next 10 years, reducing Medicaid's ranks by 14 million people. Many Republicans the ACA expanded Medicaid to include people who made less than 138% of the federal poverty line. That's about $17,000 for a single person. This includes people without disabilities and low-income childless adults who are often not covered by traditional Medicaid. But the president wanted to do more than unwind Medicaid expansion. He wanted to transform the program. The GOP plan that passed the House yesterday would, for the first time, place caps on federal Medicaid funding to states starting in 2020. So multiple times, Trump has proposed turning Medicaid into a block grant program, a move aimed at eliminating billions of dollars. Robin, can you break down this idea of block grants? So right now, there's um, a guarantee to states for unlimited or uncapped federal matching dollars. So when states spend more money or see costs go up, they are guaranteed these uh, federal matching dollars that support the program. Um, So instead of having this guarantee for states, the federal government would say, no, we're going to cap the amount that the federal government would spend. The president has argued this would cut federal spending and encourage states to eliminate fraud and abuse. But many health policy analysts agree block grants would likely force states to pick up additional costs, cut back on care and or drop people from the rolls. Through these proposals from the Trump administration, how much money were were we talking about saving? At that time, the Congressional Budget Office had estimated that various proposals that had been on the table would reduce federal spending by 25% to a third of spending. It would be a major um, fundamental 
reshaping of the of the program, who would potentially be eligible, what services would be covered, as well as, you know, the financing mechanisms. So that's goal number one, less federal funding. Goal number two involved giving states more control over their programs. Seema Verma, head of the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, talks about this a lot. States are trying to make routine changes or craft innovative programs, but they're thwarted by the rigidity of a federal bureaucracy that's rooted in a 1960s program design. Republicans often say they want Medicaid to be a program that offers a hand up, not a hand out. The point, encourage people to get off Medicaid as quickly as possible. President Trump embraces this philosophy and has directed Seema Verma to let states reimagine Medicaid by granting waivers, effectively experimenting with things like mandatory work requirements and monthly premiums for enrollees. By giving states unprecedented flexibility to administer and design their programs to meet this population's very unique needs. These waivers can lower costs for states in Washington. Critics, though, say these moves push people who rely on Medicaid out of the program. The Trump administration announcing it's going to allow the states to require people on Medicaid work. If you're able-bodied, get out. One of the most popular waivers in red states, work requirements. It is a major reversal of decades of policy. And White House... Robin says 19 states have applied to add them to their programs. The Trump administration has approved more than half, but only one state actually started removing people who didn't meet the new rule. Arkansas was uh, one of those states that had actually implemented the work requirement and reporting requirements, um, and as a result, over 18,000 people were disenrolled. In March 2019, a federal court halted Arkansas's new policy, saying it was inconsistent with Medicaid's goal of providing health insurance to low-income people. Okay, Robin, work requirements have effectively been shut down by several court rulings. No state is currently moving forward with these block grants. So have the administration's policies actually had any real impacts on the number of people receiving Medicaid? That's a good question. I think that prior to the pandemic, um, we've seen two years of declines in Medicaid enrollment. And while some of that is likely attributable to a more robust economy, there have also been some policies that have been put in place to increase verifications, which has made it more difficult for individuals to obtain and maintain coverage. And then there have been some other issues um, around proposed changes uh, related to immigration. You're talking about the public charge rule, right, where immigrants are less likely to get approved for a green card if they use public programs like housing vouchers, food stamps, or Medicaid. Yes. And there's been some evidence that the effect has been to cause individuals um, who may continue to be eligible for coverage to not seek coverage because of fear of some of the immigration policies. We should say that while most of his moves have been opposed by Democrats, the administration has approved popular waivers helping states address the opioid epidemic and the president-backed bipartisan legislation that makes it easier for people to get treatment. Robin, based on what you've seen in the first three and a half years or so of this administration, what would you expect from a second term when it comes to Medicaid? 
I think we would expect a continuation of many of the same policies, continued efforts to limit the scope of the program. But it's not just uh, the presidential election, I think, that matters in terms of Medicaid, certainly what happens um, in Congress, but also what happens um, at state elections. So for governors and state legislatures and how those are made up make a big difference in terms of you know the movement of Medicaid going forward. Robin, thanks so much for talking with us. We really appreciate it. Uh, Thanks for having me. Day three of Trump Week is in the books. You can find more of our coverage of President Trump and former Vice President Biden's health policy positions at tradeoffs.org slash Trump Biden. Tomorrow, we'll look at the president's record on reproductive rights and women's health. Conservative administrations have always aimed to restrict abortion, but The attack on contraception wasn't there in the same way that we're seeing it. I'm Dan Gornstein, and this is Tradeoffs. Don't forget to sign up for the Tradeoffs newsletter. Just click on the orange button at the top of our webpage, tradeoffs.org. And of course, you can follow us on Twitter at TradeoffsPod. We're produced this week by Ryan Levy and Leslie Walker. Music by Ty Sitterman, Blue Dot Sessions, and Bacon. Tradeoffs is supported in part by the California Healthcare Foundation and Arnold Ventures. Additional support from the Leonard Davis Institute of Health Economics and the Center for Public Health Initiatives at the University of Pennsylvania. The views expressed in this episode are those of the individuals and not those of Tradeoffs staff, advisors, or funders. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.